Thank you, Hong Kong, Faroe Islands, Czech Republic, South Korea, Finland, Colombia, Austria, Puerto Rico, Slovakia, Spain, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Kenya, Papua New Guinea, Djibouti, Ghana, Turkey, Taiwan, Namibia, Malawi, Uganda, Bangladesh, New Zealand, Switzerland, Belgium, Liberia, Costa Rica, and Saudi Arabia. Thank you for rounding out the 13,060 listeners of this podcast to date. Alleluia. Welcome one and all to pray with me. Let's get these blessings started. A daily podcast hosted by Pamela Staten. And I am overjoyed and thrilled to be in your presence each and every day. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leadeth me in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, 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 though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Fifth. Seven countries wide. God is amazing. Good morning, God. You're ushering in another day untouched and freshly new. So here we come to ask you, God, if you'll renew us too. Forgive the many errors that we made yesterday. And let us walk again and try again to walk again in your way. And Father, we are well aware that we can't make it on our own. So take our hands and hold them tight. For we can't walk alone. And dear God, as I begin this day, Let me turn my thoughts to you and ask your help in guiding me 
in everything I say and do. Give me the patience that I need to keep my peace of mind. And with life's cares, I hope, dear God, some happiness to find. Let me live but for today, not worrying what's ahead. For I have trust that you will see I get my daily bread. Give me courage to face life's trials and not from troubles run. Let me keep this thought in mind, thy will, not mine, be done. And if some wish I do not get, though I have prayed to thee, help me to believe and understand you know what's best for me. I've failed you many times, I know. But when tonight I rest, I hope that I can kneel and say, Dear God, Oh God, yes God, I've tried my very, very, very best. Amen. Thank you for coming to pray with me. Stay right there. We'll be right back in just a moment. When I wake up in the morning, at the beginning of each day, I look up to heaven and here is what I say. Thank you, dear God, for my eyes that can see, for my legs that can move, for the care you take of me, for my brain to enlighten me from heaven above, for my heart that can beat and is so full of love. All these are gifts that my God gives to me, and I'll always, always be grateful throughout eternity. And hope for each day says, give thanks. Psalm 100, verse 4, enter God's gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Throughout the Bible, listeners, we are commanded to be thankful. A spirit of thanksgiving is one of the most distinctive marks of a Christian whose heart is attuned to the Lord. First, we are to be thankful for the material blessings that God gives us. Some people are never satisfied with what they have, but what a difference it makes when we realize that everything we have has been given to us by God. Second, thank God for the people in your life. It is so easy to take them for granted or to complain or become angry because they don't meet our every wish. But we need to give thanks for our spouse, for our children, for our relatives, for our friends. And most of all, Thank you, God, for Christ and his love. Third, we are to thank God in the midst of trials and even persecution. We draw back from difficulties, but not one of us is exempt from trouble. Not one. 
Yet in the midst of trials, we can thank God because we know he has promised to be with us and to help us. For the Christian, every day is Thanksgiving Day. Amen. Have gratitude in word and deed. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Whenever, listeners, we sit down for a meal, let us not forget that at least half the world goes to bed hungry. When we enjoy the comfort of our home, let us not forget that millions have no home to go to. Let us not forget that as we ride in our car, the many people in the world who can't even afford a bicycle. Whenever we go to church to thank God for our material and spiritual blessings, Let us remember that millions have never heard the gospel, the good news of salvation in Christ. Let us remember, listeners, as well as those who follow Jesus but risk their lives by owning a Bible or attending a worship service. Let us also remember that missionaries in many parts of the world are suffering in order to take the gospel to those who have yet to hear about Jesus. And Lord, let us always be grateful, not only in word, but in deed. May our gratitude find expression in our prayers, in our service, and our commitment to live holy for Christ. Amen. From Genesis to Revelation, from Earth's greatest tragedy to Earth's greatest triumph, the dramatic story of humanity's lowest depths and God's highest heights can be couched in 25 beautiful words. And they are, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Many people misunderstand God's attribute to love. God is love. Does not mean that everything is sweet, beautiful, and happy, or that God's love could not possibly allow punishment for sin. God's holiness demands that all sin be punished, but God's love provided a plan of redemption and salvation for a lost and sinful world. By that plan, Jesus Christ came from heaven to give his life as the final and perfect sacrifice for sin. But we must respond. We must believe. We must commit our lives to Jesus Christ, listeners, and we have to trust him 
as our Savior and Lord. Please don't forget to put your faith in him so that everlasting life is yours. Amen. Be back with more word. What else can I do? What else do I give? (laughs) Stay right there. When I bought this book, Know Your Bible, I wanted it for me, of course, and also to benefit you. So we have 66 books in the Bible. And um, I want to feature a couple of the books so that we together, as listeners, as believers, as followers of Christ, are learning more and more about the Bible. And maybe it'll help you pick it up more. Okay, the author of the book of Joshua is, of course, Joshua, except for the last five verses that describe Joshua's death. The popular quotes from the book of Joshua are, chapter 1, verse 9, Be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Chapter 23, verse 10. One man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God, he is that who fighteth for you, as he hath promised you. And chapter 24, verse 15 says, Choose you this day whom ye will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. The book of Joshua is one of the few major Bible characters who seemed to do everything right. He was a strong leader, completely committed to God, who never fell into recorded sin or disobedience. Only one mistake mars his record. Joshua's experience with the Gibbonites, one of the local groups that he should have destroyed. Fearing for their lives, They appeared before Joshua dressed in old clothes, carrying dry, moldy bread, claiming that they had come from a faraway land. Joshua and the Israelite leaders asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord and agreed to a peace treaty. Well, when Joshua learned the truth, he honored his agreement with the Gibeonites, but he made them slaves. Joshua shows us over and over how God blesses his people. The promised land was his gift to them, as were the military victories that he engineered. Great. And now the book of Judges. The author is kind of unknown, but they're giving credit to the prophet Samuel. Popular quotes are chapter 2, verse 12. They forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods of the gods of the people who were around and about about them. Chapter 2, verse 16. 
the Lord raised up judges which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. And chapter 7, verse 2, the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt them against me, saying, My own hand hath saved me. Several judges had unusual families by today's standards. Jer had 30 sons. Abdon had 40 sons. Isbon had 30 sons and 30 daughters. Jephthah had only one child, a daughter, who he foolishly vowed to sacrifice to God in exchange for a military victory. So the ancient Israels got into trouble when they did that which was right in their own eyes rather than what God wanted them to do. So read the book of Judges and don't make the same mistakes yourself. Amen. Okay, just giving you a sampling a little bit each day, a little bit, a little bit. Okay, God's way, day by day. It says, rest in God. We've heard that before. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. God is in control. When a job is terminated, when a mate quits, when a friend deserts. God is quietly and sovereignly at work for your good. You are not a victim of the economy or anyone else's decision. You can be content in any circumstance when you are sure of God's unceasing care and absolute control over every detail. So rest in his ability and contentment will follow. Amen. So it is written. God's promises. Psalm 119, verse 114. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Listeners, I firmly believe God's word has been preserved, not merely as a collection of historical documents and geographical studies, but as a trustworthy resource, a place where we turn to for assistance in living our lives in the way that honors Christ. In the pages of scripture, God has given us models, people, believe it or not, who are just like you and me, who despite the odds, lived lives pleasing to him. By faith, they did it. In obedience, they did it. With courage, they did it. Listeners, I am doing it. Make sure you do too.
live a life pleasing to God by faith, in obedience, and with courage. Remember, God has his best blessings waiting for us. If only we will walk in his way, follow his timing, wait upon him, trust him, and move when he says move. I love it. Stay right there. There's a little bit more. More, more, more. Here's a really good one from In Touch Magazine. It says, how to know that you are saved. Listeners, the most important issue that we must settle in this life is our eternal destiny. Throughout history, churches have been composed of both believers and unbelievers. And it's often difficult to tell the difference. And that's why John wrote his first letter. He wanted to assure the true Christians of their salvation and warn those who profess belief but lacked faith. John gives us a fourfold test describing the beliefs and practices of genuine believers. Here they are. Number one, you have to be in right understanding of Christ and salvation. To be saved, we must have the true gospel and the right savior as described in God's word. Number two, you have to have the right attitude towards sin. True believers hate their sin and are quick to confess it and turn from it. Number three, you have to have right practice of obedience. God's commands are not burdensome to those who belong to Christ. Although they fail at times, their life is primarily characterized by obedience. Raising my hand, raising my hand. And number four, have the right relationship with God's people. Christ produces within his followers both a love for fellow believers and a desire to be with them. If you have doubts about your salvation, listeners, reading the book of 1 John will definitely help you settle the issue. Amen. In Touch Magazine, gotta love it, gotta love it. And we are entering into Advent. In fact, it is a time of expectant waiting to celebrate Christ's birth and prepare for his second coming. The word comes from the Latin term Adventus, which means arrival or coming. 
Today, we need to focus on hope, which is so much more than wishful thinking. Hope holds us firm and keeps us trusting and looking forward no matter how dark the world seems to be. This season is a time to remember that God is both the light at the end of the tunnel of our faithful companion who will never desert or abandon us. The Jewish people expected and longed for the Messiah, for the, Messiah the one who would put an end to suffering, who would establish an eternal kingdom and uphold it with justice and righteousness. And that expected Savior came for us, fulfilling every prophecy ever written about him. And because of those assurances, we were proven true and we have hope today even. We can trust in Jesus' promises to come again in glory and knowing that is where he is and knowing that where he is, we will one day be also. Amen. Read the book of Luke. It is all about giving us hope. Amen. And to conclude the podcast, let's take a peek at God's purpose for your life. Listeners, today, I want you to give thanks that when God hears your prayers, he has sent his Holy Spirit to search out the deepest groans of your inner self, the most profound needs and wounds that are there. Likewise, you do not pray alone because Jesus always lives to make intercession for you. Hebrews 7, chapter 7, verse 25. Understand that Jesus does not pray powerlessly and is not bound by limitations. No, your Savior prayers prays with authority and unmeasurable capability. This is the voice of the great I Am, omnipotent in power and omniscient in wisdom. The voice that speaks for you is the same that masterfully and brilliantly called the heavens and the earth into existence. And when he spoke, the world began. Today, listeners, thank God for all the ways that he has expressed mercy to you and those you love. He is tender towards you, forgiving, generous and loving. It's very important for us to think of and recognize this because we cannot truly worship God genuinely and wholeheartedly until we come to the place of recognizing how much he has blessed us and how gracious he has been to us. We know this was certainly true for the Apostle Paul. Paul wrote, it is a trustworthy statement 
deserving, deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among whom I am foremost of all. You see, Paul understood the grace of the Lord and what he had shown him. The incredible price that Jesus paid for us and what a tremendous gift our salvation truly is. He realized that he did not deserve Christ's mercy or forgiveness and he was always grateful for it the rest of his life. Listeners, no one can serve the Lord with real passion until they are persuaded of the everlasting and overwhelming kindness of God. So today, join me and spend time considering what your life would be like without him. Oh boy. And you will certainly realize all he has given you, all the times he has forgiven you, and all of his inspiration for his for praise for your praise pray with me jesus thank you for your magnificent mercy and love you have redeemed me from so much and i will praise your name forever amen that's it and don't forget your act of kindness, Lord, uh, listeners. Don't forget to do them. See you tomorrow. Bye for now.